give this men's choir another hand. Hey, Amen. There's something special about when men do things in unity. Lay their own idiosyncrasies aside and worship the Lord. It's a beautiful sight. Thank you all for blessing us this morning and setting the stage. And setting the stage for the sermon this morning. Beloved, aren't you glad you're still alive? I mean, aren't you glad that God gave you another chance? Aren't you glad that he woke you up this morning? I mean, I, some of you were just sitting there when they were, they were excited about what they were singing. I was excited too, but I was also contemplating on my sermon here. But, but everybody should have been up on their feet. I'm glad I'm alive. I'm glad that he woke me up this morning. I'm glad that he started me on my way. I'm glad that he clothed me in my right mind. I'm glad that he gave me another chance. Because if the devil had his way, you wouldn't be here this morning. If Pastor Murphy, I love him. And he's given me an opportunity. This is my first time here preaching. And I'm going to behave myself. But, but, but I feel at home. I feel at home. And so I'm going to be myself this morning. And, and I want you to know today, I'm glad I'm still alive because th that, was, that was one. You can just think of one incident that happened to you this week. And you know that it could have been the end of your life. I'm glad I'm alive. I was getting on 95 and, and I didn't see a car in my blind spot. And I'm telling you, there's no way I should be here today. It's like God moved the vehicle out of my way because I just bogarted my way into this car's lane. I didn't see the car. It came out of nowhere. And I'm glad I'm alive. I'm glad I'm alive. And if you could just think of one thing that, that you, you know God has done for you. Oh, God is good. God is good. Amen. Listen, I'm, I'm not going to hold you long. I, I, I have a sermon that has been on my heart, and God has uh, uh, allowed me to preach this sermon this morning. But first, I want to give all honor to my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who's my strength. I want to thank Pastor Murphy for the opportunity to proclaim in God's word to you this morning at, 10, at uh, 745 and at 1045. My wife, Stephanie, is not here this morning. She'll be here uh, with my son, Tony, and my daughter-in-law, Danielle, and uh, the baby, uh, Natalie Grace. We had just a wonderful uh, dedication here a couple of months ago, and you guys rolled out the red carpet for us. Thank you so much. They'll be here at 1045. And, uh, but I also want to just thank this church for receiving me this morning. I want to thank Deacon, da Deacon Baysmore and, uh, for his hospitality, and me and uh, Deacon uh, Baysmore and Terry, we go back a long way. And uh, for my Mount Olive days, and uh, so it's good to be here. Uh, and uh, so um, if you can turn your Bibles to the gospel according to Mark, the gospel according to St. Mark, the fifth chapter, verses, the reading is extensive, verses 1 through verses 19. Mark 5, 
verses 1 through 19, it reads like this. Then they came to the other side of the sea, to the region of garrisons. As soon as he got out of the boat, a man with an unclean spirit came out of the tombs and met him. He lived in the tombs. No one was able to restrain him anymore, even with chains. Because he often had been bound with shackles and chains, but had snapped them off, and the chains smashed them and the shackles. No one was strong enough to subdue him. And always, night and day, he was crying out among the tombs in the mountains and cutting himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and knelt down before him. And he cried out with a loud voice, What do you have to do with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High? I beg you before God, don't torment me. For he had told him, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. What is your name? He asked him. My name is Legion. He answered him, because we are many. And he kept begging him not to send them out of the region. Now the large herd of pigs were there, feeding on the hillside. The demons begged him, send us to the pigs so we may enter them. And he gave them permission then the unclean spirits came out and entered into the pigs and the herds, about 2,000, rushed down the steep bank into the sea and drowned there. The men who tended them ran off and reported it to the town and the countryside and the people went to see what had happened. They came to Jesus and saw the man who had been demon-possessed by the legion sitting there dressed in his right mind, and they were afraid. The eyewitnesses described to them what had happened to the demon-possessed man and told them about the pigs. Then they begged him to leave the region. And as he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed kept begging him to be with him. But he would not let him. Instead, he told him, go back home to your own people and report to them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. May the Lord bless the reading, hearing, and understanding of his holy words. Please be seated. Let us pray. Father God, we ask your blessings upon this word as we stand behind this sacred desk. Your people are in need of a word. Feed us manna from on high. For yesterday's bread is gone. Now give us this day our daily bread. Bless the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart that they might be acceptable in thy sight. O Lord, my strength, and my redeemer, let the church say, 
Amen. Beloved, just for a few moments, the sermon title is Crying to Jesus with a Loud Voice. Crying to Jesus with a Loud Voice. Today's text is familiar to many of us. To some, it is known as the miracle of the swine. And to some, it is known as the healing of the demonic man. And I chose this pericope because we are living in a time where our society is more acutely aware of the struggles that people are having, both young and old, with mental illness. People are struggling with their minds. People are struggling today with mental illness. They're challenged. And if you listen closely, people are crying out with a loud voice. Now, we just passed May, and May is dedicated as the month for mental health awareness, mental illness health awareness. And this particular May, there was an emphasis on physical wholeness of the body and cleanliness of the body. So they concentrated on eating right, doing the right things. You eat right and you do the right things, your mind is going to be right. And as a nation, we have embraced this concept, but we can do better recognizing the challenges that people are having mentally. More could be done. There's even debates in Congress about mental illness. And recently, we've had a spur of school shootings. And everywhere you go, you have to be careful. Even in the movies, there's people shooting up movie theaters. You know, there was a time when you can give someone a certain look when they cut you off in traffic. I don't suggest you do that anymore. You know, there, there was a time you can, you can settle your you know, your differences with a word to somebody. Sometimes, nowadays, you had better keep your mouth shut because you don't know what people are thinking and you don't know where they have been or what they have been exposed to. Mental illness is real from uh, people driving on the highway sporadically to you just uh, bumping, this, bumping into someone the wrong way. And it can be a devastating situation. And none of us are exempt from this because when you look at your circles, your, your, your social circle, there's someone in your circle, uh, social circle that's suffering from uh, mental challenges. There's someone in your home that could be suffering from mental challenges. You yourself can be suffering from mental challenges. I mean, you look at us, and you look at me, and I look fine, and I look at you, and you're dressed nice, and your, your Stacy's are shined, and you, you had your nails done, and every hair is in place. We look good on the outside, but in the inside, some of us are rotting away at our cores. There's so much stuff that has infested our minds from TV to social media to wherever you go that... that, that our minds cannot calculate and, and, and cannot adjust to how fast technology is going. We can't keep up with the Joneses. And, and a lot of us are suffering from mental challenges 
And although we look good on the outside, some of us are having trouble as we speak right now. So it's good to be in this place. And so just for a few minutes, I want to concentrate on a few things. And one of them is we all have challenging situations in our lives that are difficult to handle. And we need God to help us. We all have challenging situations in our lives that are difficult for us to handle. And we need God to help us. Number two, secondly, people are looking for you. And people are looking at you. People are looking for you and people are looking at you. And number three, lastly, when God has done something for you, you've got to tell somebody. When God has done something for you specifically, you've got to go home and tell somebody. You see, we all need God's help. Jesus and the disciples had just journeyed, and they were crossing the Sea of Galilee. And they came by a lakeside village. This was not the town. This was a hamlet, a lakeside village. So in other words, it was a decent community where homes were well-kept and people were educated. This was a lakeside community, a resort town in a sense, and Jesus as a matter of fact, they had just got five, finished feeding 5,000 folk and they were crossing the Sea of Galilee and they, they came to this place. And yet, when they came to this place, as soon as Jesus stepped his foot out of the boat, he was attacked by a demon-possessed man. He, he wasn't attacked in a bad way. He was attacked in a good way because this man needed Jesus' help. And, and, and the Bible said that he lived among the tombs. He, he tortured everyone in the community. He was a lunatic out of control. And, and so they commissioned him outside of the town into the tombs, up into the mountains where he lived. The spirits in this man were so powerful that he broke the chains that were restraining him and he did harm to his own body. And so when he saw Jesus coming, because he was living in the mountains, he ran down to the boat. And before Jesus stepped out of the boat, he attacked Jesus and asked Jesus to help me. Can you help me? Beloved, I don't believe it has always been that way for this man. But something along the way went ignored. And over time, pressure and pressure and anxiety has built up. And it got this man to the point where he was out of control and could not help himself. As a matter of fact, he tried to help himself. Look at the scriptures. It said he was cutting himself. Cutting himself. There's biblical connotation to that. Because in the book of Genesis, men cut themselves. In other words, 
they were circumcised. In other words, they tried to clean themselves up. Circumcision meant being clean, presenting yourself to God. This demon-possessed man with unclean spirits knew that he was unclean, knew that he needed to be clean, and he tried to clean up himself, but could not. So he was cutting himself. He was trying to help himself. They thought he was a lunatic, but he was trying to circumcise himself. He was trying to clean up himself. Many of us, we try to help ourselves. We try to clean up, clean up ourselves. But I can tell you, no matter how much you try to help yourself, you cannot clean up yourself. Because the word of God says all of your righteousness, all of it, is like filthy rags. As clean as you look, as clean as I look, as, as, as good as I try to be, it's not good enough. Because all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So this man really wasn't so crazy because he tried to clean up himself like we try to clean up ourselves. You know anybody like that? Well, you know, I would come to church, but before I come to church, I got to do, I got to get some things right. But before I come to church, I, I just can't come to church in any kind of way. I, I, I've got to clean up myself. But no matter how much you scrub, no matter how good you try to look and how good you try to smell, doesn't matter. Because God is not looking at your exterior. He's looking at your interior. You can look as good as you want to on the outside, but he's looking at what's on the inside. Some folk, you need to tell them, don't worry about how you look. Don't worry about if you got the, just come on. Come as you are, because that's exactly how God wants you. This man, man, was out of control. So Jesus asked him, what is your name? He didn't give Jesus a name. He gave Jesus a number. He said, my name is Legion. But legion is a military term. Legion is a battalion, a regiment of people. Not just people, a regiment of troops. Legion is in between three and 6,000 troops. So it is estimated that this man had 5,000 influences in his life. It'd be okay if he had one demon, deal with one demon. You know, I, 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 I size people up. I can see, yeah, I can take this guy. I, 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 I can deal with one demon. And because I'm a military man, I'm a Marine, I'm a Marine I, I, I can size up two, three, or four people. Strategize, and I, and, and I know what to do because I can size you up. and I can deal with three, four, or five demons. I, I can deal with it. But this, this man wasn't dealing with one, two, or three. He, he wasn't even dealing with a hundred. He was dealing with thousands of demons that was coming after him. He was dealing with thousands of demons that was infesting him. He was dealing with thousands of demons that was trying to kill him. That were influencing him, that was coaching him, that was controlling him. 
No wonder he was crazy. No wonder he was out of his mind. I mean, I, I can figure one out. I, I got you. I can figure two or three out. I got you. But every time I do something, boom, something else happens. I can take three down and there's a hundred more on my back. I, I can think I got you covered, but there's somebody on my back again. No matter where you go or where, where you turn, there's somebody always on your back. No wonder he was crazy. No wonder people go crazy. Because they try to take care of this by themselves. But I want you to know you need to help with the Lord. This man was infested with thousand demons. And not just regular demons. They were tactical demons. They were, they were military strategists. So no matter how witty you were or how you tried to figure them out, they could always outsmart you because they were plotting. They were trained. So there's a term that we often hear, new level, new devil. New level, new devil. Whenever you think you advance and you think you've made it, watch out. Because there's a new devil waiting on you. And you may have think you've defeated this and defeated that, and, and you've made it, but you know what? Where you have made it, there's a new devil waiting on you. There's a new challenge waiting on you. There's something that's trying to tackle you and take you down and kill you. No matter where you are or the level of success that you have obtained, there's a challenge waiting on you. New level, new devil. Number two, people are looking at you. Jesus did not have to go looking for this man. This man came looking for Jesus. And beloved, you don't have to have a degree in evangelism, and you don't have to carry your Bible to work, and you don't have to, you know, look all holier than thou. God just wants you to live your life. You, you are the only Bible that some people will ever see and read. Your attitude and your personality and who you are, people are paying attention to it. People are looking at you and people are looking for you. They're looking for you because you have the spirit of God and they know that you have the power of God. Because the word says that we are the children of God. And it does not yet appear what we shall be, but this we do know. When he appears, we shall be like him. For we shall see him as he is. And because you are a child of God, you are joint heirs, uh, or you're heirs of God and you're joint heirs with Christ. The same power that rose Jesus from the dead is the same power that you have now. And you need to recognize that. The point is the world recognizes that. And they're crying out with a loud voice coming to you. They want you to help them. But so many times we want to turn our back on people. How many times at the red light you see someone with a homeless sign and they walking up and down, you know, and you say, I saw that guy there yesterday. I saw that guy there last week. I saw that guy last month. And we make a predetermining judgment in our mind that I'm not going to give to them because they, it's a scam. You don't have the uh, ability to know what that person is going through. You just don't know. The Bible says that we entertain angels unawarely. 
And I made up in my mind that as often, as a matter of fact, I have a few dollars in my little armrest. And when I get to a light and one comes, I roll down the window. I say, yo, God bless you, bro. And I keep going. Because I'm not going to make a predetermining judgment about that person. Because that could be me. It could have been me or someone in my family. People are looking at you and people are looking for you. Jesus did not go looking for this man. This man came looking for Jesus. People come looking for you because they should see the love of God in your life. They should see the peace of God in your life. They should see the joy of God in your life. They should see the forgiveness of God in your life. And they should see the healing of God in your life. I just quoted the the fruits of the Spirit. In other words, when they look at you, they should see the fruits of the Spirit. Love, joy, peace, happiness, long-suffering. Guess what it says? Against such, there is no law. You see, the law says if you hit me, I'm going to hit you back. The law says if you did me wrong, wait. I'm going to get you. Wait, wait till we get off work and get outside. Okay. The, 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 the law says, okay, you know, I'm going to pray that something bad happens to you. See, the, the, the law says, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. The law says, if you do wrong to me, I'm going to do wrong to you. But when there's no law, you see, you can, you can do wrong to me and I can forgive you. You, you. you can do wrong to me and I can love you. You, you see, when, when, when there's no law, Miracles can happen. See, the, the, law, the law says that, that, you know, what comes up, what must come down, the law is fact. But God is not fact. God is faith. And faith has no law. That's how come healing can take place like that. That's how come miracles can take place like that. Healing can take place like that. Because there is no law. People will come looking for you and looking at you because they know you are an earthly representation of God. Lastly, beloved, this demon-possessed man came to Jesus begging to go with him because Jesus had healed him. And you know when Jesus heals you and when Jesus done, has done something for you, you want to hang around Jesus. You know, you, 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 when Jesus has done something for you and, and, and he's been good to you, you want to come to church. You know, most of the time when, when, when people are doing bad, they, they, they run. But, but, when, but when they're doing good, people come. Isn't that right? I mean, I, I, I remember when, when, when my... my my children would do bad, they wouldn't hang around me. Hmm? But, but, but when they do good, they wanted me to know how good they've done. And they, they start bragging on themselves, and they want to hang around me because they got a good report card, and they wanted some money. Well, we like the same way. When we do bad, we don't want God around us. But when we do good and God has been good to us, we want to hang around him. So God had blessed this man. He had healed him. And he said, Jesus, allow me to come to you. 
allow me to go with you. You know what Jesus says? No. Go home. And bless your family. Go home with your family. So many of us, beloved, we, we get our blessings. And our families are the last people that know about it. God blesses us and we'll share the blessing with everybody. But when it comes to our family, and they hear it from somebody else, I didn't know that. I, I, I didn't know they did that. You mean they told you that? They didn't tell us? And, and you live with that person. Beloved, today, your ministry starts at home. Go home and tell your family what the Lord has done for you. That's what Jesus told us, man. Go home and tell your family what the Lord has done for you. We want to come to church and look good, but at home may not look so good. You may come to church and want to talk to everybody, and at home there's complete silence in your home. You want to come home and look generous and act generous to everybody. And at home, there's people that need you and have needs that are not being met. Go home and bless your family and tell them what God has done for you. As I close, this, this man, madman, saw Jesus coming from a distance. And he had to get to Jesus because he knew that Jesus was the answer. He tried to heal himself and could not. He knew Jesus was the answer. So he cried out with a loud voice, Jesus, help me. He cried out really to the father. Heard a story about a girl who, and she was a smart girl. She made a mistake, had a baby out of wedlock. None of us are exempt from that. None of, our exempt, none of us are exempt from situations that are unappealing to us. But you got to deal with it. She had a baby out of bed, uh, wedlock, and so her father would help take care of the baby as she went to school at night trying to better herself. And she also worked a job. So the father was retired, and she, she, he would keep the baby for her, the boy. And so when she would come home late at night after she would go to work and then go to school and come home, and he would be holding the baby, uh, and she would say, Daddy, put the baby down. You're going to make him soft. He don't need you to always hold him. Put him down. And so she said, but, but I love him. I love him. Well, Daddy, just give him a bottle. Stop holding him so much. You're going to make him soft. So the next day she came home, and the same thing, he was holding the boy. Daddy put the baby down. But I love him. And he, he was crying. Daddy, just get a boy a bottle. He'll, he'll, he'll cry himself to sleep. Don't keep holding him. You're going to make him soft. And so the next day, the same thing happened. She got on him real bad, so he promised he wouldn't pick the boy up and hold the baby and rock the baby in the chair. 
that he was in. So the baby started crying. He reached down to get the baby. She said, no, not to pick up the baby. He didn't do it. No, don't pick up the baby. She don't want me to do it. He said, okay. She came through the door and she said, Daddy, I told you not to pick up the baby. The key is, he didn't rock the baby while he was in the chair. He got in the crib with the baby. He got in the crib with the baby and started rocking the baby. And the baby was just so happy. And she walked through the door and said, Daddy, I told you don't pick, in the ba pick up the baby. You told me don't pick up the baby and rock the baby in the chair. But you didn't say I couldn't get in the crib with the baby. Oh, listen, have God ever got in the pen with you? Have God ever got in the crib with you? Have you ever been crying to God and he got in with you? The word says, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil, for thou art with me. God will get in the pen with you. Has he ever been in with you? Did he wake you up this morning? Did he start you on your way? If God has been in a pen with you, why don't you stand up and get him some praise? I don't know about you, but there's times when I've been alone and no one would help me, and God got in it with me. God got in it with me. When no one else would help me, God got in it with me and helped me and rocked me in the cradle of his arms. Oh, beloved, if you need the Lord today, if you need help today, I encourage you to cry out with a loud voice. Cry to God with a loud voice. He'll hear your cry. He'll heal your body. He'll save your soul. This is the word of the Lord. Let's give God some praise.